Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We're talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, because there it is. Welcome to the There It Is podcast, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks so much for joining us on this brand new episode with the Of The Show gang. We're talking all that pop about the Golden Globes. We give our Emmy predictions because we recorded this the night before the Emmys happened. We also talk about Jimmy Kimmel and Aaron Rodgers and more. But one thing that I've been talking about on this podcast is something called Magic Mind. I've been talking about it for a few episodes. And one thing that I have not really talked about are all of the ingredients. Why? Because I can't pronounce them all. Now, I can pronounce matcha ashwagandha, lion's mane, mushrooms. Yeah, I can pronounce those. Nailed it, actually. What I can't pronounce, or don't know if I can pronounce, are cordyceps mushrooms. I don't know if that's right. I I certainly didn't say it with any confidence. How about a rodeo rosea? Rodeola rosea? Nah, okay, I don't know. Bacobi Monieri. Uh, that can't be right. Look, I may not know how to pronounce these words, but I do know that this product actually helped me. Now, I get jittery from a lot of caffeine that's in coffee, and it's no good for me. But I still need to wake up sometimes, so I wanted to try this product, and I did. And not only did I feel the boost of energy without the jitters, I do feel like some of its other benefits kicked in for me. Like, for instance, I felt like my mind was sharper. I didn't have the brain fog that I often have in the morning. I really enjoyed taking this, and these different ingredients can help with these things, including reducing stress and anxiety. That can, can have that effect. It can also reduce fatigue. And there are all these different ingredients that I cannot pronounce have different benefits. And some benefits are in a couple, like ashwagandha helps reduce stress and anxiety, but so does rhodiola rosea, however you pronounce it. I'm just going to mumble over it so it doesn't sound like I'm saying anything wrong. They both can help reduce anxiety, which is great. So if you want to try out all these ingredients wrapped up into one very easy to say product, Magic Mind, you can. Go to www.magicmind.com slash Jan. There it is. And put in the code there it is 20 for January for this month. You can get one month free when you subscribe for three months. And that code will get you an extra 20% off. That is a heck of a deal. Go try it right now. Magicmind.com slash Jan. There it is. Now let's get on to today's episode. I hope you enjoy it because it's a bunch of nerding out and if you don't enjoy us nerding out, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself because all I know how to do is nerd out. Let's get right to it. Here's my chat with the Of The Show gang. Of The Show gang, thanks for coming back. We've got on the show today 
We have best friend of the show, Rob, and also groomsman of the show. Rob. You know, some I think some people, a lot of people, a lot of people online are saying best man of the show, but I don't, I mean, you know. <laughs> and we do have a best man of the show, also known as brother of the show, Trey. Yeah, here's saying. Suck it, Rob. <laughs> suck it, suck it. And of course, we have fiance of the show, Justina. <laughs> the yay sounds kind of fake or disingenuous. I really wanted to be best man, but that's okay. <laughs> what was what was the name of the character on Thirty Rock? Was it like my fiance, Beyonce, or or? or... <laughs> oh, I actually forget. Or. I'm glad you bring that up because it did sound for a second, Jason, like you said, the Beyonce of the show. Yeah. She's the queen. Yeah. She's the queen bee of the show. <laughs> new, just just new don't nickname. force her to do lemonade on you, Jason. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not lemonade, <laughs> shit. Well, I liked so it, so I put a ring on it. So. We can absolutely skip. <laughs> well, we've got a few pop topics to talk about today. Some poppics if you will. <laughs> and uh, Rob does not like it. <laughs> and we've got a few. We've got actually, we, we're packing a lot in today because we're talking about the Golden Globes and the Emmys. The Golden Globes were last week. The Emmys are, uh, well, technically, no, night. we're they're actually Monday night, right? Yeah, that would right. be. So, so yesterday, last night? Yeah, but, but time, as time we is a flat this circle. Tomorrow, it's an illusion. Yes. So, so true. Yeah. We don't like know any of the winners <laughs> from the Emmys, but we're going to talk about what well, we, I, we We can pretty much guess who they are. <laughs> right, right. You, as you listen to this, will know what they are. We currently do not know what they are. And we're just going to quickly revisit some box office performance mm -hmm. of a couple of movies that we were uh, kind of guessing on recently. And also, Jimmy Kimmel and Aaron Rodgers going at it uh more so jimmy kimmel uh going at it after uh, a couple of comments of aaron Rodgers. let's just jump right into the jimmy kimmel aaron Rodgers conversation so what happened was a while ago in a monologue jimmy kimmel made a couple of jokes at the expense of aaron Rodgers, and they really weren't all that bad he was making a joke at a conspiracy theory that aaron Rodgers was referencing that had to do with Jeffrey Epstein and made a comment like, oh, I think you need to go back in the concussion protocol, Aaron. <laughs> you could just laugh that off, move on. Aaron Rodgers decided to, because he's a weirdo. He's desperate for attention because he can't Desperate win. for attention. <laughs> uh, <laughs> decided to hold on to it, hold a grudge. And he went on Pat McAfee's show recently and made a comment about the Epstein list that's going to come out, which there's not technically an Epstein list. There are court documents that had been redacted and they were unredacting them, but there wasn't literally a list. It's not like, here are the people who attended Epstein's, you know, parties. It was like people who were mentioned. So, <laughs> right, so, so right. it was like somebody was like, oh, it'd be cool to get Leonardo DiCaprio to one of these parties. So technically, Leonardo DiCaprio's name is in the papers. But right. But it's not that exactly. And the conspiracy theory that Aaron Rodgers was floating was about the falsehood of there actually being a list that says, here are all the people who did bad things. And that's just that list does not exist the way they talk about it. 
And the list it, does not exist. exist. Yeah. And because the list is bullshit. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so on the Pat McAfee show, he referenced the list, Aaron Rodgers, and made a joke, uh, offhanded comment that that list is coming out and some people are going to be really worried about it when it comes out. You know, Jimmy Kimmel's going to be worried about. Uh, getting named on that list who's on that list basically yeah right and the implication the obvious implicate implication linguistically speaking (laughs) given the language of the words he used the implication is jimmy kimmel did some rotten stuff to potentially underage women and women who were like essentially sold into sex trafficking that is the implication of that wait a minute wait well hold on jason sir you're telling me that someone of great character like Aaron Rodgers would like use vague language to mm-hmm. make to say something. Like, for instance, if I said to you, Jason, are you vaccinated? And you said to me, Oh, I'm immunized. Oh, I'm immunized. I'm immunized. Yeah. So I like, never wear masks. Would that be weird coming immune. from that guy? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Basically, yeah, no, no. He was trying to make it seem like Jimmy Kimmel was on the, the pervert sex island and right. was doing inappropriate yeah. things. And, and like we he will know come back. how dangerous that and, is. Yeah, and and yeah, and and yeah, we know people that have been associated with him. I don't know. There's some guy that was president, and then another guy that was president. So we know those two at least. But like. <laughs> Yeah, both, but we don't really white. know what they <laughs> yeah. did. There are no specifics of that. But yeah. even so, the implication of yeah. the list is really bad. And when yes. you have people who are showing up at pizza parlors with guns yeah. uh, to demanding they see the basement because there's some sort of underground sex trafficking ring going on, yeah. you have to be careful about insinuating yeah. that someone's on that list because the- it could put someone in danger, which is what jimmy kimmel said and he went off on aaron Rodgers. yeah he did and i noticed one of my guys nick wright was talking about the situation he's on fs1 on first things first and he was saying aaron Rodgers is gonna do one of two things he said the thing i think he's gonna do is say that that's not what he meant like i didn't mean it that way that's not how i meant it and and just try to pull away from it that way, or he would kind of double down on it or something. Well, he he did exactly what Nick Wright thought he would. Mm -hmm. And Aaron Rodgers' response to Jimmy Kimmel was, I didn't mean it like that at all. I'm not like that. I don't, I don't do things. I would never, I would never do that. Yeah. Right. And it's like, well, take ownership. This is like previous guest, Molly McPherson, PR expert says, you have to own it (laughs) when you get called out. For something you did, one of the steps that you have to take is owning it. You yeah. can't say, oh, no, it was taken out of context or you misunderstood. You've got to own the words you used. And Aaron yeah. Rodgers is the king of not taking ownership for what he actually said. Yeah. And Jimmy Kimmel, comedian, had a bunch <laughs> of solid zingers on him. Ter- ter- although I will say I love Jimmy, but terrible basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the situation with uh, Jimmy Kimmel, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think uh, we've all said what we wanted to say about that. Oh, no, I do want to mention that. How can you be a Hall of Fame quarterback if you only made it to one Super Bowl? Mm. Mm. 
Someone lives in Minnesota. <laughs> Someone lives in Minnesota. <laughs> although, although I will say that there is a, there is a thing called karma, unfortunately, because you make fun of somebody for uh, breaking their Achilles, and then your beloved quarterback, who is a nice guy, who also doesn't didn't take the vaccine, but didn't make a big effing deal about it. Mm-hmm. Um, he tore his Achilles. So God bless you, mm-hmm. Kurt. Hope you get better, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. it does kind of seem like Aaron Rodgers is trying to craft this image now. Yeah, I don't know how much he believes or doesn't believe what he's saying, whether he believes it or not. He seems to be trying to be a character uh, ever since the whole vaccine thing happened. Yeah. Uh, what, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he, he has so much potential to be a cool guy and he blows it at every opportunity for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because he seemed like the all the pundits talked about how, you know, prior to uh, the vaccine thing, how intelligent Aaron Rodgers is. <laughs> And how thoughtful he is. And mm-hmm. you got the impression that he was nice. He took some things personally, of course. And now he just seems like nut. Like yeah. out there nutball. He and Kyrie Irving have a lot in common. They want to be the smartest guy in the room. They speak very cryptically. And they say the dumbest shit. <laughs> like they say the dumbest things. And a lot of it did have to do with COVID. But I mean, Kyrie even said the earth was flat at one point. I mean, they just say dumb things and then they and they purport a lot of conspiracy theories and don't own up to it when people call them out for it. They act like they're some sort of victim for uh, people calling them out for things they said. And I'm sick of them. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. sick of this conversation. All right. We'll be moving done. on. <laughs> we'll move on now to talking about uh, the box office. So there are a couple of movies that we said we didn't think we're going to do well at the box office. And well, to me, doesn't necessarily mean a billion dollars, but it does mean, I think, domestically, it's got to be over 300 million domestically. Depends on the film, but yeah, yeah. Well, if for if we're, we're, talking, we're talking about like, tentpole, we're tentpole. When we're talking about tentpoles, we're talking about things that are that launch in 4,000 theaters. Yeah. I'm expecting hundreds of millions of dollars domestically if they, if they spend like 200 plus million dollars to make the film and probably that much to market it if it does if it only makes 100 million dollars then that's what we're talking about <laughs> right like that's or even if it's like something in between it might be a modest hit but i i wasn't expecting these movies to be real hits and it was wonka and aquaman 2 oh <laughs> i did not expect them to be hits now now oh no you're uh, calling aquaman a hit no, no, I was saying I oh, was not expecting oh, them to be oh, hits. Oh, oh, okay. And I don't think they are hits. I think Wonka. Oh, no, Wonka, Wonka's legit hit. Wonka's doing fine. But let me compare it to something. Wonka has been out five weeks. It's made $176 million yeah. domestically. Another movie that people sort of had something to say about, they said it didn't really do well, was The Little Mermaid. At five weeks, Little Mermaid had made $270 million domestically has made 298 million and worldwide it made 569 million now it did not do as well internationally as wonka is doing internationally but wonka what i said was it's not going to make a billion and wonka's doing fine i think it's a it's a modest hit but if we're gonna say a little mermaid is not a hit I don't know how we can jump up and down and say Wonka's doing well. Just looking, just going by those numbers. Yeah, I think it gets into 
I, generally, I agree with you. I think you do have to kind of wonder what people's expectations were and were there if they if their expectation expectations were different for those two films mm-hmm. and was it reasonable for the expectations to be different mm-hmm. like Anka, did they spend less money <laughs> than they did mm-hmm. on little mermaid or are they just being hard on the live action woman of color <laughs> right of you know i i don't really know i don't study it enough to know which way they went on that but yeah you know are a lot of those things i, I don't but, i don't uh, yeah the only thing so like little mermaid which i did see in the theater i didn't hate it but that one was 300 million plus to make and wonka was like 125 mm. so so yeah so we're talking they they expected to make a billion if they're if yeah. they're spending because usually what they, that kind of money then yeah, it, usually are. isn't it what they say like if it if it's if it's 300 million dollars to make that's probably 300 million dollars mm-hmm. to market Mm-hmm. So you're talking like 600 million, 600 million. So then you are looking at if you're not making a bill. So then, yeah, then Wonka, well. yeah, which I did. It did it not make a billion worldwide. No, it's it's at half a billion worldwide, which is still really good. But like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, That's why I think it's modest. Yeah, I think it's a modest it, hit. But I yeah, just that, wasn't expecting yeah. it to be what I think they kind of wanted I, it to be. I, I think didn't... they wanted it to be more 800 to. Yeah. Uh to to a billion and it's I, it's not i would it's say not i would say with with wonka what it it does finally prove is is that timothy chalamet can be um bankable mm-hmm. i think timothy chalamet is really talented i think that he's talked a lot especially you know on film twitter and and the the things that i listen to chalamet's definitely like the go-to like if you're going to make a new movie like who are you casting probably chalamet or you mm-hmm. know actors you know he's definitely one of those go-to actors um, people talk about, and obviously he's done amazing work from Lady Bird to Call Me mm-hmm. by Your Name. Um, king, yeah. No, was it called the King or was it? That was called the King. It was called the King, the one on Netflix. Yes. I okay, think, I can't but, remember. But, but you know what I'm talking yeah. about. I don't yeah, I know what you're talking right. about. Yeah, you, yeah. But Martin yeah, Luther but... the King. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was in the you ain't never met no Doctor Martin Luther right, the King. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The one um, where he was like Robert the Bruce, I think. I don't think it's Rowan. fair yeah. to compare. I, so I think you're right that I think yeah. he's a star. I think he's a star. Yeah. Uh, like Pearl. Um, no. Um, <laughs> oh, that's a good. That was a good one. That was a good <laughs> yeah. one. No, but <laughs> why don't you? <laughs> uh, I love that movie, but uh, that movie well, I like so it awesome. I that love it. It was, great. Okay. Um, it was awesome. <laughs> so it's not fair to compare Wonka to Oppenheimer, but I'm gonna. So <laughs> Wonka, the budget was 125 million. Oppenheimer was 100. Oppenheimer really? domestically made, yeah. Oh, I thought um, it would have been more than that. Wow. I would have too, but he did a yeah. lot in camera, I guess. So Oppenheimer domestically made 326 million. Wonka ain't getting there domestically. Oh no, not God. happening. Not but happening. But I, I don't. They'll be feel lucky like, well, if they get to 230. I don't feel like. Well, you know, we've talked about Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer's such a. It, it's such, it's an amazing thing. I mean, I know you you think a lot of it has to do with Barbenheimer. Um, I think it's well, I think it's partly Barbenheimer. I think it's oh, also because... no, it's not. It's like that both movies benefited from Barbenheimer. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I looked up articles from the week before both movies yeah. came out. The estimates at the time mm-hmm. for what people thought they were going to open with and make were lower than what they both made. So yeah, like, they both were going to do well, but they did even better. Yeah, 
No, yeah. And that's what's so weird because, you know, like Oppenheimer is it because of Christopher Nolan, which carries such weight now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. versus quality like you think people want quality movies mm -hmm. so you know that yeah but because i didn't realize i thought it was like 200 million to make but i didn't realize it was only 100 that's pretty crazy yeah probably not much special effects mostly just the cast cost yeah yeah that's what i was thinking of the cast like, yeah 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 that's why i was because like you got what the probably the most successful actor of all time in it <laughs> and he's gonna win an oscar for it so <laughs> robert Downey. Our, yeah robert downey yeah, yeah. like um and i mean and you got matt damon and and mm -hmm. you know like they've got i mean Florence Pugh. yeah Florence Pugh and emily they Blunt. got a ton I of mean, people in it they got a, a ton of, of stars in it you know josh peck you know yeah <laughs> yeah josh peck. i can't imagine how much he's going for, for nowadays <laughs> the matt yeah. damon robert downey's of the world probably take less than their usual. oh i yeah i would imagine that they they they, they want to work in a cult film like that yeah. so they don't really need the money yeah yeah. Although I love, I love whenever Damon talks about how he turned down um, Avatar, and because uh, Cameron was going to pay him in points, and he was like, "I would be a billionaire if I had taken Avatar." <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Sam Worthington got that. Deal. No, he did not get points. <laughs> I can tell you that much right now. <laughs> I bet he's mad, and he's in the movie. <laughs> yeah, he probably is. What the hell? You're going, like you gave him points. You gave, You're gonna give you gave him, him points. points, but you ain't giving me points. I'm yeah, Jake Soli, bitch. Even looks like he's gonna think that he needs to be slapped in the mouth. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. He's, oh, yeah. He is the probably <laughs> luckiest person no. in the history but, of the film. Well, I would go back to Wonka, and I, I guess where I'm at with Wonka, I thought it would do. I think it. I thought it was gonna do a little bit better with critics. I haven't seen it yet. I I keep trying to say let's go see it, but we're kind of on the fence about it. We went and saw Migration instead. Which I wouldn't recommend unless you have children, then it's tolerable. But I wanted to see Wonka because the director also did Paddington, and I thought Paddington, yeah. and especially Paddington 2, were quite yes. delightful and so very well I, regarded I, by yeah. critics. And that's what I'm saying. So, and I think it Wonka was a little mixed, but my thing with Wonka is obviously one, you're never going to get as good as Gene Wilder. Like, that's just not going to happen. Right. So, don't um, you mean Johnny Depp? You wouldn't put in the same. Okay. Can <laughs> I get in on why Johnny Depp was terrible? Can you not cut me off? <laughs> like, I, so I went and saw because I always forget is is he is he Charlie in the Chocolate Factory because there's which one is there's, there's Charlie one is Willy Wonka in the Factory Cho and there's Willy Wonka Factory is the original I think the original the musical was Charlie in the uh -huh. Chocolate okay so Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory the one with that the incomparable Tim Burton directed <laughs> it was the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen and I literally I at the time I took my ex girlfriend. Kid, um, um, little brother. She had kid brothers. Um, I took them both to go see it, and I literally walked out of the theater because I was like, "I gotta, I gotta just walk out of this for a minute. This is yeah. so bad. This is ru literally ruining my childhood." So, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it didn't look good. I didn't see it. Yeah. So Wonka, I was like, "Who is this made for?" In a way, but then I saw the cast and I saw who was making it, and some people that I listened to, I, I really liked the film, and so I was like, "Huh." But I, I definitely thought it was going to be like a $60 million movie. So to me, to see it, it's like $360 million? You mean opening at 60 No, I mean gross. Like domestic gross, I thought was going to be like 60 oh. So that's why when you're saying you think it's a moderate hit, I'm like, I, it's doubled what I thought it was going to do. Oh, I get it. Well, you're, and then you yeah. had a full-on bomb. <laughs> yeah. You had I, an abysmal bomb. I thought uh, because, I, because of how bad 
the the Tim Burton was. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, who was this for? And yeah. Timothy Chalamet, for the most part, has not been very bankable as a star. Mm-hmm. But then again, he's not necessarily making. He hasn't had a role like that. The biggest tentpole movie he made was Dune, and that was like, obviously during the pandemic, that was during so the pandemic. Mostly, so yeah, yeah that movie, and like I'm pretty sure Dune Two is going to freaking kill. So because yeah. yeah, Dune yeah. was awesome. Um. Yeah. So yeah. So that's why I, I just didn't have a lot of confidence in it. Right. But I think it's done better. What I will say, and I've w- almost went back on it, and you guys saw it. And you have it in writing. I almost thought that Aquaman 2 was going to be good because I saw a preview for it. My son was like, oh, I want to see that. That looks really good. And I thought, oh, there's going to be a lot of children like mine that want to see that movie. And no. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I So Aquaman 2 has not done well. Uh, domestically, it has made $109 million, which is bad for a movie yeah. of this uh style you know for, for well, how much and i didn't I, I haven't looked up the budget on that one yet but i would imagine they're probably in the 300 million range it has to be let's because, look because it because they had all the reshoots. 205 million for the budget really yeah you would have thought because of all the reshoot stuff they had to do yeah. and plus all the underwater yeah 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 special yeah especially getting fish to talk is pretty amazing and one note i had it backwards gene wilder was willy wonka and the chocolate fact chocolate factory and johnny depp was charlie okay thank you i just want you guys to know that there is a super cut out there on tiktok of all the explosions in aquaman (laughs) one and it's it's kind of why are there so many explosions and why are most of them underwater there's so many there's a lot of weird stuff okay if we want to get if we want to get into it why are there explosions in space and star wars and sound true yeah i mean we're all gonna be yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) there is a lot of weird stuff that i just didn't enjoy about the first aquaman and i don't know why anyone likes it but there are a lot of people who like it yeah and I watched it just like begrudgingly, just be like, people keep talking about this. And I guess I should see it because I want to understand. And it's not good. And you just left more confused. I was well, shaking my head through most of it. And that scene where Aquaman and, and Mira get to the desert and they do that that sweeping shot and they have that bootleg version of Africa that has the rap in it. Uh, <laughs> it's like, did they make this like 25 years ago? <laughs> yeah it's such a weird movie the only good thing about aquaman is it is getting my boy patrick wilson some some work with who i love but and um he, yeah he i've heard it. that he's like and then uh what's his name yeah yeah um yeah he's i like him yeah he he's he's like the manta ray or what, what is his mm-hmm. name or, yeah um, black man um, black man thank you uh i'm not familiar with aquaman lore i'm gonna be honest with you <laughs> no, black she didn't know yeah <laughs> of course so yeah that uh aquaman 2 has not done well it's been out four weeks at 108 million dollars and just to like put it into context oppenheimer which was half the budget four weeks in had made 262 million dollars insane how did tenant do tenant did, did they get a oh, four- that, that was pandemic that was pandemic yeah well <laughs> Aquaman 2, I will say, has made 265.5 million internationally, which isn't terrible, terrible. international numbers, no. but it's not great when you it's look not at a billion. the fact that Wonka's made 329 million internationally. Worldwide, Aquaman 2 has made 375 million. Not gonna 
get very high. It's already losing a lot of its theater count yeah. pretty drastically. It's down almost a thousand from when it op- when it opened. And when you're in your fourth week, that ain't great. No. Yeah, I think we're just in such a weird, and I said this in a previous pop talk, we're in such a weird box office situation where it's so hard to make sense of anything that's going on because you know, we all obviously agree that Aquaman 1 wasn't good. But it did huge numbers did and huge people numbers, still liked yeah. it. So when you look at that, you would think, therefore, looking at mm-hmm. the Fast and Furious franchise as an example, those movies are not particularly good either, in my opinion. But people still love them and keep going to see them. Five. Five was good. So why wouldn't Aquaman <laughs> do the same? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it almost feels like we're being like, you're blindsided by it. But it's like, yeah, it's like it just didn't seem like. Like, I would have not thought Aquaman would have done that well, but yet. That was still, a, I, and I do think we're on the downside of of the domination of of superhero films um, ruling the box office, and but so that yeah. was definitely at the height of it. Because um, mm-hmm. I, 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 I do think, I mean, yes, like Guardians did well, but is Guardians really Guardians more Marvel? You know, Guardian isn't like it's so different. Yeah, Guardians yeah. was number four for the year, and Spider-Man Across the Universe was three for the year. Yeah, so you can't say that it's still it's still there, but you know, number what number two was Super Mario Brothers, which you know, it's its own thing, and then mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, obviously Barbie was number one, and so mm-hmm. it's like yeah, like, and I don't think I would have, pre- I don't think I could have ever predicted Barbie to be that successful. Barbie or. Yeah, but I yeah. but Aquaman, I think Aquaman Aquaman 2 performed like how I thought Avatar 2 was going to perform. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we were pretty much right about these. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like I think um you know, I think Wonka maybe did a little better than I thought it mm-hmm. would, but not much better. Yeah. You know, having 178 million right now, and it's not going to get much more than that, is like, yeah, that's at the top of <laughs> what I would have considered for it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but it's not high. It's not that much uh, higher than the bottom that I had for it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. to Rob's question about who is Wonka for, do you all remember where you saw it marketed? Because I, I don't I think really I saw know. it on YouTube a lot. I saw a little bit on YouTube, a little bit during NFL games. Um, mm-hmm. I think they wanted families. I they wanted it on families. TikTok. I think they wanted families yeah. and Gen Z girls. That's that's that is that is definitely Chalamet's audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just wondering if they went for the Gen Z hard, like the Chalamet audience hard, or if they went more broad in their marketing because it seems like from the stuff because i had the same kind of exposure that y'all did that maybe mm-hmm. the occasional nfl game and youtube pre-rolls that seems to capture people more like us who mm-hmm. grew up on the gene wilder movie mm-hmm. yeah because they were seemingly trying to capture that magic of that movie again mm-hmm. yeah but you know they weren't necessarily going for the kids who might get captured by the magic of it all mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's because like like for example like yeah like we showed the preview to luke and he was like yeah i'd like to go see it but we were like there's just no way luke six and violet's three there's no way there was nothing in it that i think violet would have enjoyed like i just don't think (laughs) i don't think there would have been enough physical comedy for her to enjoy and so 
um that that i know of so yeah. i think i think i probably would like it and I, i'll watch it whenever i get a chance something about it reminded me of that um james franco oz movie that was a monster too that yeah. one did well yeah but i was co- sort of like i don't know that people are really gonna go out of their way to see this movie <laughs> and <Yeah>. they didn't <laughs> so no no i think they i think oz the great powerful did really well no i'm saying wonka oh wonka oh oh, oh. um it just reminded me of that and i'm like i think audiences are a little past this kind of movie and um it it's not doing as well as some as oz did uh kind of confirms that for me i'm just gonna continue to disagree i think it did better than i mm-hmm. thought it was gonna do <laughs> just again oh, yeah. I just go yeah everything it did I don't know. It, it did about what i thought it would yeah, I just don't know how much sense right now in this pocket of time we can mm-hmm. put to people's choices of movies. Because you look at yeah, um, Top Gun Maverick, mm-hmm. I think we all thought it was going to do great. I didn't think it was that No, it did better than we probably even predicted because of pandemic yeah. and all that. But we yeah. still thought for the time to be a hit. Mm-hmm. And for the same reasons, we thought that Mission Impossible... Yeah, would do great because they've all been hits. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. the most recent one didn't do so great. No. And it's still Tom Cruise, and it's a great franchise. Same director, literally the same director. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as all the other. Yeah, ones so it's like I just think there's so many weird things happening that aren't consistent with well, one another. And I think and you know yeah. part of it too. I've I've heard some podcasts talk about like the studios are so stupid about when they release things. Yeah, that they they choose to like dump a lot of movies at once. So like, so for instance, um, mission impossible was released the week before Barbie and Oppenheimer. Why not release that late August, you know, yeah. like, or, or, you know, like go late August or, you know, give Barbie some space, give Oppenheimer some space because you're going to get swallowed up by that. And you're also going to lose all the IMAX screens to Oppenheimer. Which he was um, pissed. Tom Cruise was pissed. Yeah. About. Yeah. And I think that definitely hurt its numbers mm-hmm. too. I think some of that may be just because they people were not estimating it was going to do as well. Yeah, but, right. Um, yeah. Like but they it, thought they went out in a Barbie Oppenheimer Mission Impossible. But mm-hmm. yeah, like, th- but right now, like what's out? Like I was because I was we're looking like there's like there's no kids movies except Wonka and, mm-hmm. and Migration. And like for me, there was like the beekeeper, which I'm not going to go see in the theater. I will watch the hell out of it on a plane because that's where me and Statham get along quite well. <laughs> God, I love it's watching a Jason Statham movie on a plane. Um... <laughs> well, yeah. I think um, to go back to something you were saying a second ago, mm-hmm. Trey, about um, you know not being able to really gauge what audiences are into these days. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that's that's a valid point, and that's yeah. why we don't always talk about what we think movies are going to do. We talk about it when we're right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it. Yeah, and and like prognostication, it's so difficult because something can come out of. I mean, just to be honest, like now I know why it was successful, but like you got it. Like probably the most successful movie when you think about the quality and also the cost mm-hmm. was The Sound of Freedom. Like nobody wants to talk about it because Jim Caviezel is a freaking freak, and the, <laughs> you know, like you know, and we know we know why it's because QAnon people and like yeah, the whole like, like how many you know, people bi- actually were in the theater? Yeah, right? like the whole like buy per- person on a ticket for, to go see this movie because it's so important. It's like it was a step up from a Lifetime movie. It wasn't terrible, but it was basically like subpar Netflix. Like 
It wasn't, you know, like, and then of course all the people involved are fucking creeps. But, um, but <laughs> you watch it, Rob, because you uh, and I'm not making, I'm not being funny. It sounds. I watched like a little. I watched a little bit of it just to see. Okay. It's on. It's on um, Amazon. So I, I did watch a little bit of it. Um, and yeah, I was like, yeah, this is exactly what I thought it was going to be. Like, <laughs> so. Well, get yeah, ready for yeah. Passion of the Christ too. Passioneer. <laughs> I, I did hear that they actually were. No, you're actually, but... no, you're right. <laughs> well, let's move on to talking about the Golden Globes. We know they were mm-hmm. a week ago, but uh, people are still talking about Joe Coy <laughs> and how poorly he did as a host. Now, before we really get into the talk about Joe Coy, let's just briefly go over winners and losers. Well, just really winners of... <laughs> <laughs> of the golden globes and no can we go but can we can we can we talk about the number one re- loser of the night who do you who think was that the number one loser of the night joe coy <laughs> no joe well yeah no no the best loser of the night and won the internet as she always does was jennifer lawrence oh, because she looked yeah. at the camera and she said if i don't win i'm leaving <laughs> which is so funny and mm-hmm. she is so funny and awesome, and <laughs> yeah. I just and I friends with Emma Stone, so she wasn't. Yeah, she shade. was. She was. Uh, she didn't leave actually, but she's just funny. Like yeah. I just, I just love Jennifer Lawrence, and uh, yeah. so No Hard Feelings was quite enjoyable for many reasons. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't seen that one either. So, it's on okay. Netflix. I recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> now, people have said it's funny. No, it's funny. It actually is funny. Yeah, the trailer. Um, so yeah. the best director and best most motion picture awards went to Oppenheimer drama. and Christopher Nolan. And drama, yes. For, drama for picture. For yeah. drama, yes, because Golden Globes separates uh, comedy slash musical from drama. Best motion picture musical or comedy was Poor Things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justine and I did see... American fiction, we did not see poor things. We still have not seen the holdovers, um, but loved American fiction. Air mm-hmm. was also nominated in this category in the category of co- musical or comedy. Did did not win. Yes, Lots of poor things. May December is a musical or a comedy. It is. Yeah, I didn't know that until I saw the list of nominees. I was like, it, what? I am. I am very. It is a, this movie. It's a melodrama. It is, I don't know how to describe it. I would not call it a comedy. I really liked the film. I really liked it quite a bit, actually. Um, But I saw the melodrama in it. Um, And yeah, I I thought it was more of a serious movie, but there is a campiness to it. I don't Uh, know how to, yeah, I don't know. I would, it's very hard film to label. Um, Can you compare it to Alexander Payne movies? Would you say it's like? Yeah, but I would think even Alexander Payne movies have more punchlines. I mean, obviously, I don't, you know, I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot. Like, you know, (laughs) I mean, that's one of the funniest scenes ever. And I have not seen the holdovers yet. From what I understand, the holdovers is very much like a callback to like Hal Ashby movies of the 70s. And so like it's it's got that kind of 70s sense of humor to it. Uh Um, Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I was surprised, too. Because there is some like comedy in it, I, I, I yeah, I, I, I highly recommend. It. And it's on Netflix. If you got Netflix, watch it. Like it's really mm-hmm. good. Like, mm-hmm. um, the guy Charles Melton who um was nominated for supporting actor, uh, he's gonna lose to, uh, you know, Robert Downey Jr. But mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. but he's very good in it. He's very good, and he's actually my favorite part of that film. 
I heard the real guy that Melton is portraying was upset because the movie, nobody with the movie went to him and talked to him and try to get his side of the story and incorporate it because, you know, they're telling his story. Well, they're not when they're not really telling his story like it's because it's Mary. It's it's basically Mary Kay Letourneau. And so that's what the film is. It's like basically Mm -hmm. like Natalie Portman is an actress who is going to shadow, get to know Julianne Moore, who's basically Mary Kay Letourneau. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not, I mean, it's, it's a fictionalized version. So yeah, I can understand why he'd be upset, but it's not there. It's not like they're trying to tell his story. It's a completely different situation. It's not a biopic. Bio so, um, and they made his character extremely interesting. So like, <laughs> yeah, cause he's obviously when he was 12, when he has an affair and ends up marrying, uh, uh Julianne Moore's character, which is so messed up. So, yeah. <laughs> so. man, this movie sounds interesting. It's I, really it, good. It's more I, interesting than I thought. So. I really, I did, I went into it cold. And yeah. when I started realizing what it was about, I was like, oh my God. And I, I was, I really enjoyed it. So <laughs> cool. You mentioned uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, he's going to, you said he was going to win the Oscar. He won for uh, best performance by a male actor in a supporting role, but a lead actor award went to Cillian Murphy for Oppenheimer and Killian and that's for Murphy. drama. What's that? Killian? Oh, Killian. I'm sorry. Yes, it's Killian. No, it's, it's pronounced Chillian. Yeah. Um, but that was for drama and for musical or comedy, the best actor award went to Paul Giamatti. And for drama for actress, lead actress in a motion picture, uh, that went to Lily Gladstone for Killers mm-hmm. of the Flower Moon. She's and yep. And yeah. uh Emma Stone won for musical or comedy in the you know same-ish category. Supporting actor in a motion picture went to Devine Joy Randolph for the holdovers. Mm-hmm. And big television. Um, oh, and I guess we'll say uh anatomy of a fall I have one to see this movie. it looks very i've heard interesting it. it's, it's supposed to be things. really 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 well good. i really want to see it it also won uh screen for for screenplay uh that one but let's hop over to television real quick uh, a lot of people that we love won for drama series succession one and a bunch of the actors won uh sarah snook won kieran culkin won and oh, what's uh, Tom's name on there? Uh, Matthew McFashion. Yes, yes, yes. It's not McFadden. McFashion. <laughs> McFashion. And and I just forgot his name. It wasn't I couldn't pronounce it. But thank you for the help there. And that was for yeah. the drama stuff. But for <laughs> comedy, the bear one. <laughs> well, that's just messed and up. And Ao and Jeremy <laughs> won for uh, actors in the comedy category for television. And uh, I also want to just mention that Stephen Yun and Ali Wong won for Beef, which Beef also won in its category. But that category is miniseries or motion picture mm-hmm. for TV. Uh, so a lot of great people won. Uh, this, I think, I don't know how often, I don't know how much overlap there is between Golden Globes and the Oscars. Um, but uh, I don't. I feel like there's not a ton. But I think Robert Downey Jr. has a good shot. From the way people are talking. No, about I think I think that the, the way that the way that the Oscars and Golden Globes, had, and especially, and then you look at like screen actors and directors and producers, you know, all the Guild Awards and things like that. 
it it's it's pretty pretty close on the money. I would imagine. I think right now the the best picture race is a three horse race. I think it's um I think it's more than likely um Oppenheimer obviously the holdovers and then maybe um it could be Barbie um, or Killer of the Flower Moon. No, no, Barbie's okay. not going to get it. Like that it Barbie's not going to get it. Like I think that that's why I mean that's why they had that we didn't even talk about like success of commercial what did, what did they call it? The um achievement um, achievement and box office and yeah you know it's kind of like basically you know a couple years ago the oscars wanted to do the popular oscar film you know and like it is one of my you know my favorite podcast with sean fennessy of the big picture he points out there is an award for that it's called the box office (laughs) (laughs) yeah so (laughs) but since the emmys just happened uh let's should we guess what we think or will win? Yes, everything that won the Golden question. Globes. Yeah, seriously. Um, <laughs> so I saw Better Call Saul has nominations. Yeah, I don't know what the timeline difference you is know? for Golden Globes. That's why I was or... saying, yeah, that yeah, they're they're weird how they work because like um I think the latest season, which hasn't ended of Fargo, was nominated in the Golden Globes, mm. but I don't think it is in the Emmys. Um mm-hmm. So like so I think usually the Emmys is a little behind and and the Golden Globes is a little more fo- that's well, like the Golden Globes was Golden Globes is usually about now right whereas right. Emmys yeah been September had their not right. right 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 uh, Emmys were more last yeah. oh that's, that's right oh that's a good yeah. point Trey yeah it's so that might be why yeah so they're probably gonna be behind yeah do you remember like when Brooklyn Nine Nine won for best new comedy and it had just it was like in the middle of its first season <laughs> yeah. like yeah. yeah like and that was like i remember andy sandwich like what like we've been barely on like not that i think it's one of the greatest comedies of all time all right all right by the way r.i.p yeah, Andre Brower, one of the greatest <laughs> yeah. actors of all time all yeah. time yeah well um a lot of the things nominated for emmys what we're essentially saying is we're not nominated for golden globes mm-hmm. in television um because of the awkwardness of how they do it and then also um so know, the bear's not the up timing. for everything like it was before uh, the bear is. but it's better but, call Saul is not yeah. in the wasn't in golden globe category right, uh, but it's in the emmy oh uh, yes yeah, and, and okay yeah i still think it's going to be i think it's going to be succession the bear sweep I think that's what yeah, we're yeah. That sounds right. Or yeah. the show that we accidentally that right. came up with on a previous pop talk, the berry and the bear, the berry, and, <laughs> the berry and the bear. Berry. Yeah, berry. Berry was like I didn't even like I. You know, it's sad because um, Bill Hader is is with Ali Wong now, and I and I completely forgot. Wait, I was like, oh, what? Bill, I yeah. did not know. Oh, yeah, yeah she Hader. kissed yeah, him she, right before she went yeah, on stage. They've been together a while. Uh, yeah, like I don't know. Has like, it been a while? It's, like been it's like only a been least... a year. That's a while, Jason. <laughs> Not so when you're with someone for so 10 years. I didn't know that she was divorced until promoing beef. And yeah. you know, she like... had to sign a prenup because her mother-in-law made her. Guess mm-hmm. what? She turned out being to be way more successful financially. So joke's on him. Well, I think they actually, but I think, I think like part of her speech was so like having a very amicable, healthy relationship. Yeah, she, so she yeah. did say some people, someone asked her, like a reporter asked her when she got backstage, if it was awkward to kiss Bill Hader and then mention her ex-husband. And she was like, 
Uh, no, yeah, I just want to be amicable and normal and nice, you know, like, like I still love this person, but just not in the way that you know, right. it we happens have kids together, you know, yeah, it's we like, have children together, we're gonna always like be in yeah. each other's lives, like, yeah. Right. Well, that's pretty much our into like what we yeah. could have anticipated for the Emmys was just yeah, it's probably just gonna be succession and the bear. Probably succession everything. and the bear. But it'll be interesting to see if they go with Kieran or if they go with Jeremy or Brian Cox. Um right, right. Yeah, like it, that that'll be kind of the question mark. I think Kieran's gonna take it because of the, the funeral the funeral scene. I think he won so it there. Good. Oh my gosh, yeah. that was yeah. He's so still good. in season three, so <sighs> Oh it, wow! It's not important whose funeral it's something was. that you already know happened. Though. Already know and that it's your that fault that you haven't watched. Oh, okay. What he does in the scene. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, I won't get. Oh into yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just saying he's rocks of shit in the, the season. But you know, it's too easy to uh, predict how things were are going to go at the Emmys. Let's try to predict what's going to go wrong. Will someone get smacked? Will Anthony Anderson, the host, uh, insult the whole room? What, what can we try to predict there? <laughs> First of all, I just want to say I'm so happy that Anthony Anderson is hosting. He's great. Love to see him. Mm-hmm. I work for a big company called that rhymes with Schmalmart. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And he has hosted Walmart things before, mm-hmm. and he's great. Mm-hmm. So nothing's going to go wrong with him hosting. Well, he is. he is going to have to tell someone, get my mom's name. Out your oh, oh my gosh. So true. <laughs> oh That's my a gosh. good point. Um, yeah, I think uh he is gonna do a good job. And you know, let's transition into talking about Joe Coy and mm-hmm. his job hosting at the Golden Globes. So uh, I mentioned earlier there there are a lot of comics who have hosted shows who have come to his defense, Whoopi Goldberg, Steve Martin. And they've all said, hey, you know, it's a tough crowd. It's a thankless job um, to be a host of a talk show. I mean, of, a, of an award show. And someone even said it's an intimidating room. But the thing is, those people did well. All those people did well. They just know how tough it is. So they're they're giving him a break on that. And I respect that. And I get it. But if we're actually going to talk about the jokes, were the jokes funny? Because (laughs) I love this argument that Pat Oswalt made in something many years ago in like a documentary about how ridiculous it is to argue if a comic is funny because you lose the argument at people laughing. If people are laughing, then they're funny. Well, no one was laughing. So the jokes weren't funny. And I'm sorry, you know, like, yeah, they weren't strong jokes. They weren't. And okay. Others wrote them. He maybe like wrote a couple, but he had a team of writers. Perfect. Fine. Great. He still is the person executing those jokes. Mm-hmm. And I assume he saw them before he, he definitely you know, saw them before. He's allowed to punch them up. He's a comic. But and that's usually what they do. Didn't. Or if he did, it wasn't well done, you know, and. I don't know. I agree. A lot of pressure, you know, Golden Globes, but. And that was like an, ex- uh, for the Golden Globes, that was an extremely hard room. You had a lot. I mean, you know, you've got um, pretty much everybody there. Like mm-hmm. it was true. It, it was, a, it was a massive, like, I. so I'll give him maybe a little bit of leeway on that. Um, I mean, cause I know like, I think about like, Ayo, when she won her award, mm-hmm. like she was very intimidated by the room. Like she mentioned it a couple of times. Sarah Snook said that too. Yeah, I mean, everybody like like ended her speech saying this room is very intimidating. I'm getting at the same. Yeah, 
So yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying it wasn't, but uh, so I missed the first part of the show. I went back and watched his monologue. So I came in and he was like talking about his velvet suit, and I was like, "Who is this person?" I didn't because I didn't bother to look up who was hosting, and I've never seen his stand up comedy. Yeah, so I didn't know who he, who the I knew was. who he was, but I bet a lot of people in that room didn't know who he was. And I did so I didn't know who he was, and I didn't know why this person was like presenter was talking like that. And then I realized, oh God, this is the host. <laughs> and and so yeah, like in whatever he was talking about with the suit was falling dead flat. And so mm-hmm. I was like, well, maybe his monologue. Nope, nope. Like it was not better. So I knew yeah. who he was when he was dating Chelsea Handler because he was the dude dating Chelsea Handler. Right. Like right. I didn't really know him from the stand up. Uh, but I'll kind of talk about it from both sides. That there's a little bit of defense, but also the not. Yeah. Um, so I'll start off with the defense. Yeah. There's, I looked up the timeline of all of this because I didn't even know that the Globes are going to be on TV, let alone yeah. that it was going to be on CBS and who the host was. Yeah. So it wasn't announced until November 17th that the Golden Globes were going to be on CBS. So that's mm-hmm. about when the deal was done. Joe Coy was announced as host December 21st, which was 17 days before the ceremony. Mm. And I don't know what happened in that first week because he I know everybody kept saying that he only had 10 days to prepare. So maybe there was something in that first week where they didn't start preparing because the the consensus seems to be that they only had 10 days to prepare. So mm. if they only had 10 days, in fact, Joe Coy's quote is, we just had 10 days to try and write something for this monologue. It was a crash course. And, you know, I feel bad, but I got to still say that I loved what I did. Um I know that from past award shows, they're working on this stuff for weeks. And yeah. on NPR, they actually talked about how Jimmy Kimmel spends about six months preparing for the Oscars. I know mm-hmm. that Chris Rock and others, they go to comedy clubs working on the material and making mm-hmm. sure they get mm-hmm. the stuff right. So in 10 days, Joe Coy didn't have the time for all of that. Yeah. So so that's where I give him all the grace. I mean, it wasn't mm-hmm. going to be fair. Yeah. the kind of monologue that we're used to. Now, I do think when you look at a late night show. Yeah, they're writing it that day. Monologue every night. So, I mean, I think that <laughs> yeah. you lose a little bit of grace when we have mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But but again, they these other shows, they spend weeks and weeks, if not months. That's true. Right. I you, We can't compare it to. Like Kimmel. Like Kimmel. I think Kimmel, Kimmel or just... like Billy Crystal or whoever, because those yeah. people had so much time to prepare. Mm-hmm. However, there have been times when someone hosted something. And I, and they didn't have weeks and weeks, and they still wrote killer stuff. Like I right. feel like, and I could be wrong about this, but I feel like that Seth Meyers went into he went to a hotel room with Neil Brennan and John Mulaney and a couple other people to write jokes for his uh, White House press correspondence dinner. You know what I mean? And oh, you mean the that, reason that Trump became president? Right. Yeah. But <laughs> but like a very funny set. Right. And they didn't spend weeks and weeks doing that. So I feel like if you're a professional, famous comedian, I can't give you too much grace on the they only had 10 days thing. That's fair. the fact that it's a tough room and, and how much goes into doing those shows is it just shows you how how highly difficult it is. And that's where I will say, like, OK, yes, it's very hard to be good in that moment. And and people make it look easy because of how long they prepared for it and everything and 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 all that. But they are better comics than Joe Coy. 
So basically, he didn't do the work. <laughs> right. Yeah. That like. Well, I guess like you yeah. know that's the thing. Like I yeah. feel like he didn't hire people who maybe knew how to do those shows. If he's saying that there was a crash course of, mm-hmm. of learning that, and it's like you couldn't find Bruce Valanche, you know, like you couldn't find somebody who's done that. The show hires a lot of those folks and right and comes in. So I don't know what they did with that. But what I'll say is I don't know how he prepared. And I say this mm-hmm. from the standpoint that in a lot of the interviews I saw before the Globes happened, he talked about how he was trying to like watch all of them all of the past Globes award shows, it's like, yeah, you so only have 10 days to prepare. <laughs> Watching all of the old shows, I'm not sure is the best way to do it. Yeah. But part of that, I think, goes back to something else I heard on NPR. I just happened to, they just happened to talk about it on NPR yesterday. So it was pretty good timing for me. But one lady said that the room didn't know Joe, Joe Coy. And Joe Coy didn't know the room. Yeah. And that was part of the difficulty. Kevin Hart said that. Kevin Hart was saying it's like, you can do well if you know the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, my thing with with Joe Coy's argument there is that's no excuse. You still have to be a professional and go into mm-hmm. that situation and like think about what it is you can do in that situation and do it as best as you can. You can't go in there and just like insult the room by saying you didn't see their Mm. movies and then expect them to laugh at your jokes. (laughs) I think he was ill prepared for the moment and didn't know how to react to that because I think he was probably trying to be somewhat honest and self-effacing and it just came out as dumping on the movies and him making excuses the whole time about why things weren't good. And, you know, uh, I think I think it's like this. It's like there. I always think it's like a boxer. It's like you can prepare and you can prepare. And then as soon as you get that first punch, you don't <laughs> yeah, know. Everyone's got a plan you know, until they get until punched, they get punched the mouth. Yeah. The mouth. yeah right. Like, yeah. But I remember like going to like a boxing. I've only been to one boxing match. I didn't really enjoy it. Um, but I remember watching this guy like he was fighting a heavyweight fight. And like the guy, the challenger, just like two punches. That was it. That was it. Like that was like that was it. Like he was not prepared for what was about to happen to him. And so yeah. you think about like it just he walked that he walked into a room where there were extremely heavy people. And it just snowballed. <laughs> yeah, I think that's I, I I think a lot of it comes down to discernment. Yeah. You know, I think if they had asked someone like Tina and Amy or Chris yeah. Rock or somebody, they would have said, hell no. You want me to do like prepare this yeah. in 10 days? I That's not how I that's not my process. But I think if we were one of those sports shows like First Things First or First Take, and this was somebody, this is what they're going to be talking about tomorrow on yeah. Monday morning, like on Monday about Dak Prescott and saying, how does this affect his, his legacy? Like, mm-hmm. where is he on the rank now after a bad performance like that? So if we're, if, if we're going to have that kind of conversation about Joe Coy, he's just not as good as those people. He is not as good as John Mulaney or Chelsea Handler, who Chelsea Handler had a joke. <laughs> that did well in a room that had Harrison Ford and Bill Hader on these heavy people. And she wasn't swallowed up by the moment. Yeah. So it it's, it's like what separates the cream from the crop? It's being able to go into that space and, and do the job. And John Mulaney can do that because he just did it the other day. And Chelsea Handler can do it. I don't even love Chelsea Handler. And she, she just did it. She just did it today. 
where she went in and didn't let the room swallow her up. Joe Coy can't do that. Mm-hmm. Not yet. Anyway, I think that's where I go he's back to the around a while. <laughs> no, no, but, but what I mean is yes. he's been doing the craft for a while, but he hasn't been in those rooms on that level prior to this. And he yeah. didn't have time to catch up to what this moment's like. Yeah. Um, so I, I still agree with you overall that he's just not that good. He's not as good as the I others. Not I'm not good. saying that that he's got the, that he's got the talent to be better by a lot, but I think in terms of how he reacted by by making the excuses, yeah. I just don't think he really knew what the bright lights were like. I don't think he had the time yeah. to figure out what these bright lights were like. And it and like you said, it swallowed him up. These other names that you're talking about they've had that time because they've been on the bigger stages and the brighter light under the brighter yeah, and lights. Yeah, they're, and they're current. But when have we ever seen any host, first-time host of the Oscars, Emmys, Golden Globes, what have you, get swallowed up like that? James Franco. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except yeah. <laughs> for him, because he's a bigger star and more talented, I think. But except for Franco, we're talking about people who are bigger stars. They're more talented. First time uh, doing it's it, first time doing it, though. Yeah, but you still also have more than 10 days to prep for those other things. Sure. Mm-hmm. I think they're still better. Mm-hmm. I think he just, um, yeah, he just doesn't have it uh, in that way. Like, I'm not saying he shouldn't have a career, but... I have never really seen a stand-up do that. It's one thing for an actor, for James Franco to to do that because that's not his forte. But a stand-up who got famous doing stand-up, he's had plenty of time. He's had plenty of time to know how to handle that situation. He went out there and made himself look like Nick Jonas on the CMAs trying to do a guitar solo. And like guitarists that I know have said... I'm a guitarist. I would have known how to get myself out of that situation. He's not a guitarist and he had no business in the position. And that's how I feel about Joe Coy at Golden Globes. It's like 10 days or not, like you could have done better than that if you had it. And I don't think he has it. Yeah, I I agree he doesn't have it because Rob was saying, you know, is this who you got? I mean, they made the deal November 17th for the thing to be on CBS. I wonder, what was it that John Mulaney hosted this weekend? Oh, I can't remember what it was that, uh, what the name of it is that he just hosted. But I wonder, mm. like, for those smaller things, how much time do they have? Governor's they, Awards. Governor's Awards. I doubt that they have the time that is given to Golden Globes, usually, or Probably. the Emmys, usually, um, or the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Like, the Oscars is going to have the time to like like jimmy kimball's hosting again he's already been announced that's happening in a couple months like he's he he's gonna have a normal time preparing for it i wonder if somebody like jimmy kimmel or um you know any talk show host is naturally better at something like this because they meet celebrities every single day you know they have like an acquaintance with them and a rapport well yeah that's like what kevin hart was saying about like knowing the room yeah and i think that's why like jimmy fallon did well on golden globes because he'd interviewed those people so he didn't get swallowed up by it yes can i say something fast Mm -hmm. and like 10 days to prepare and all that stuff i showed jason a video of this girl she's like influencer e you know on on tiktok 
And she's like, hey, I've never been paid to write a joke in my life, but here's what I came up with in 20 minutes. And she told three jokes. She's like, these are maybe what I would have told if I had been doing that hosting gig. And they were funny. Yeah. They were they were they ranged from fine haha to like really good. And she just did three. And the last two were like, those are strong. <laughs> and so I guess that is I, I have two takeaways. Number one is like, you don't need 10 days. You don't need 20 days. You know, if you, if you're funny and you can pump it out, you can pump it out. And then. Especially if you have a team, she was just one person. Yes. And then also sometimes I feel like professional standups, like let me down when it comes to non-standup activities. And like, that's okay. You know, like they're, they're very honed in on this very, very specific skill and ability. And it just doesn't translate, you know, like talk show hosts. I think that translates, but stand up. I don't think it translates, you know? Yeah. I think, I think, I think you're right. I think like hosting is, is a different skill set necessarily than, um, than being a stand up. So that could be, that could be it too. Full disclosure, just to again, talk about how bad we thought the monologue was Jason, Justina and I were together for the holidays and we were Mm -hmm. at our mom's house and we were watching it. Yeah, we were watching it. (laughs) And we were part, however deep into the monologue, and our mom said, do you want to finish watching this? And we're like, no, we're good. We either bail. I forget if that's the night that we watched Monk or the night yeah. we went to like major crimes repeats. <laughs> like, we were like, I will watch another episode of major crimes for the third time. Bouncing between Miami, Buffalo, and the Golden Globes. Like, that's what I was doing. That's why I missed the monologue, because I was watching Miami, Buffalo. And I was like, oh, shit, the Golden Globes are on. So, <laughs> but yeah, did, nothing really landed when we were watching. I will say, I don't remember if this is one of the jokes that we saw or not, but I know that reading about it, the joke about the cutaways to Taylor Swift, like what's the difference between the NFL and the Golden Globes? We have fewer cutaways to Taylor Swift. Reading that joke, because I know how crazy the NFL coverage of Taylor dating Mm -hmm. Kelsey went, the joke was funny to me, but apparently it fell flat in the room. So Watching him play it, watching him say it, he kind of flubbed on it. He flubbed Mm -hmm. a little on it, Mm -hmm. and he... um, he got swallowed up by the room and it didn't help that they cut to Taylor and she just took a sip of her drink and she didn't even like feign yeah. laughing at it. Shade and it very well could have been, but to me, it looked like she wasn't paying attention. Like she could, <laughs> it did. Like she looked like bored. Like she was like, I'm just not going to listen to the monologue. You know? I, think she want, I think she wanted to know if, if Kels was getting the second seat or the third seat. Oh, I think that's so, what she was yeah. worried about. You know, I mean, was. yeah. <laughs> Here's part of the reason why I'm going so hard on Joe Coy. He's a famous comic. He should have had enough people that he knew that he could have asked to come help him write. And I'm mainly giving him a hard time because he kept throwing the writers under the bus. And I thought that was unprofessional and bullshit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not, not what you do. I've literally seen people on like open mic level have the kind of response to bombing that he had. And I'm like, dude, really? You're famous for this? <laughs> like how how are you how do you not have it enough to power through right now? And I so I don't like that he threw them under the bus when it's all his yeah. fault. <laughs> yeah, cuz when um when you when the three of us were talking about it at my mom's, that's before I knew that he had thrown them under the bus. Yeah, and I was just talking, giving the grace of the ten days and stuff like that, and that, and then Justina said, "Well, he was, 
telling them that the writers wrote that joke that that bombed and i was like oh <laughs> but you know you kind of you do lose a lot of grace from yeah, that i mean i do, you do. you're laughing all the ones i wrote big deal <laughs> who cares a lot of the points i made would probably land more to mm-hmm. if he hadn't done that yeah um because you could give that grace more easily I think. yeah yeah well Justina had an idea that we end the episode let's just pitch it let's so the the idea was to write to see just how hard it is to write, just like the TikTok that she yeah, mentioned. Yeah, like, like how hard is it to write a joke? And, and like, like, don't overthink it. Like, think about all the yeah, things so that like, were there. Yeah, so like, some know? of the things that we can talk about? And, um, you know, we mentioned um, Anatomy of a Fall. And yeah. that's about uh, a woman who is being... Accused uh, of her husband's murder. Yeah, she's being investigated for her husband's murder or fall from a third like, Just like some the each movie in a sentence like mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. literally don't try and make a joke you know maestro the biopic of leonard bernstein leonard yeah mm-hmm. Bernstein, mm-hmm. yeah and and well i think you also have to think about the you i think you have to say what are the movies about this is like maybe what joe toplin <laughs> kind of does in his book where he says you have lists of what is this about and then what's going on in pop culture and i think for an yeah. award show the pop culture stuff is like who's in the room and how how have people responded to this movie Mm -hmm. right so maestro i probably wouldn't touch this but if you're in the writer's room you gotta throw it out like the controversy over the prosthetic nose like Mm -hmm. you know you gotta write that on the on the whiteboard as, as a possible link to something but I don't know what. There's something there between. Oh, like I've got one. I've got one. Like my, Maestro's got two nominations for Best Actor, one for Bradley Cooper, and one for The Nose. Yeah, yo. Seriously. <laughs> 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 it's like Nose. Like, so there's some connection there between Barbie and. Yeah, which is about to say, yeah, yeah. Um, I, mm-hmm. I haven't written the joke yet. I think that one's good. Um, I think that'd be a good one to be like, all right, let's work on that. Yeah, I'd like yeah. to say that I watched Past Lives, but I just passed out. <laughs> oh my For real, God. that was my favorite movie of the year. That yeah. was by far. That was. By I favorite. want to see that movie so bad. Oh, let me. You would be it. kicked out of the writers' room for <laughs> throwing that joke out there. <laughs> passed out. Passed Actually, out. what fun bit to do? <laughs> I'm gonna keep making that. really bad ones. Well, I don't have the joke, but I have the observation that. You look at the the category of uh, best comedy or musical, and you had the actresses like an Emma Stone up against uh, Fantasia. And it's like, oh yeah, the color purple comedy, <laughs> the great comedy right there. The great comedy, yeah. color right. purple. <laughs> Such different types of performances. Yeah. yeah, that's an angle. That's a good angle. Um, maybe this is an angle in. writing session, not a joke writing session. Or just like, next week, for well, you jokes. start with the angles to get to the joke. <laughs> yeah. Don't tune in next week for the joke. <laughs> Spider Verse. Can... Um, oh, this I didn't know this was a category cinematic and box office achievement. That's that's, a, that's yeah, how I was saying to Barbie. That was the award that Barbie won. Yeah, I think that's a brand new one. They didn't have that last year, right? Right. Or the last it, time they did the, that's awards. what I was saying. It's like, it's like when the Oscars pr- proposed the, right. Yeah. So I think that's a joke. There's you got to like consider uh, in that category. Um, Oppenheimer. I wouldn't do it, but maybe you can make some sort of joke about like Oppenheimer and bombs, like movie bombs of the year. But like, don't insult the crowd if they're there. Right. Yeah. Um, I get that. You could take an angle like what uh Seth McFarlane did with Link because yeah. he, he turned Link, he turned the 
<laughs> this dirty joke that Seth MacFarlane told when um, he hosted the, the Oscars the year that Lincoln was out and yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis was nominated for Abraham Lincoln. And he said, Daniel Day-Lewis got the most inside Lincoln's head since anybody, anybody since John Wilkes Booth. Oh or, I, I flubbed the joke, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, that yeah, was, yeah. but that was the joke. And it's like the audience just went, oh. And so Seth MacFarlane said, what, too soon? I know. <laughs> yeah, that was a guy who did well. And it was his like first time hosting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, he's not my favorite person in the world, but he's very multi-hyphenated. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the term? Like, he's just a talented he's even, guy. Yeah, he is. He, I just, I honestly assumed Joe Coy would at least do that well. Right, right. <laughs> and he mm-hmm. didn't. Um, and he should have. All right. Um I also would have because so there was something Joe Coy said at the beginning of the <laughs> of his monologue of um, so many people are here like we're all here and we all dreamed about being here in this night and it's like this is a not the first time most everyone in this room has been here and they've never dreamed about being at the Golden not Globes. The Golden Globes. <laughs> you no. maybe have dreamed about being at the Golden Globes. Because you have never been at something like this, but they have. So I think a, I think it would have been a good angle to, and and also with the fact that it was obvious people in that room didn't really know him. I think it would have ingratiated himself with the audience if he came out and was like, "Why am I here?" type of jokes or commentary, just like address that a little bit. Or at least not make it seem like everybody dreamed to be there, but like it's him living the dream. Like yeah. do that in sort of self. Yeah, you know, just eleven I days ago, I never would have thought I'd be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kept talking about the only had ten days, but it was always an excuse. It was never a punchline. Right, that's so yeah. true. Yeah, if he had right. acknowledged the ten days in a like LOL, can you guys believe this? I can't. You know, that would have been right. Funny. Right. I feel like someone else has done something like that before. Did he he should have said he should have said Joy Coy more like Joe King. What? What? Mm. <laughs> Come on. It's just like... <laughs> let's see. I mean, you got you do have Taylor Swift there. I wouldn't have done a joke that would have been like, oh, everyone's so annoyed uh, with her at NFL games. I would have made the joke that like we're trying to get what the NFL has been getting. So cut to her as much as we can. And I, the joke I made to Justina the other day was uh, I would have been like, oh, let's see what Taylor's doing now. It's like, oh, she's taking a sip of her drink. I take a sip of my drink. I'm just like Taylor. Yeah. That kind of plays into the like, why am I here? I'm not famous sort of thing. I do think that's a funny angle, but I also go back to what I said earlier. I think the joke as written, because they were following an NFL game. So that was part of why he made the joke. Um the joke as written about fewer cutaways to Taylor Swift was funny. It's just he didn't deliver it well. No one else is going to laugh at that joke, even if he didn't flub it a little bit, because she's in the room. Yeah. So I would have done it more to be like, let's show how much we love her. <laughs> that that would have ingratiated himself more. Maybe it would have played better at the ESPYs, because people would have gotten it a little bit more there, maybe. But, you know, I see your point. I think a, a a better joke would have been, I just want to let Taylor know that she's in a safe space here tonight because Kanye West hasn't done anything relevant <laughs> in the last five years. <laughs> like, we have it in us. Yeah. yeah. 
you guys next year. See, that's a better joke because obviously it's funny to make fun of Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> well, there it is. <laughs> I also want to stress that I'm, I'm much better at guitar than my joke. I think my jokes are actually pretty good. It's just that you guys don't have children and I do. I know how to speak to my audience, okay? Of course, after the recording is when a bunch of jokes came to me. So I didn't get to actually display it in the episode, but I did have some jokes, some some jokes teasing Steve Martin and Martin Short, some jokes that uh, would probably make Taylor Swift laugh, you know, things like that. that. That came to me and you'll just have to trust me because now it's time for the outro and not time for jokes. Don't forget to go to magicmind.com slash Jan. There it is. Also follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at There It Is. Pod and subscribe to our YouTube channel at There It Is and follow me on Twitter at Jason Far Jokes and Instagram at Jason Far Picks. Also, subscribe to our comedy lifestyle newsletter and support us if you can. Go to thereitispod.com for newsletter and support info. Links in bio. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr.